Hi everyone, and welcome back to the Throwback Book Stack. If this is your first time joining our podcast, I'm one of your hosts, Kelly. I'm Emily. And we get together and we reread the books that we loved as kids, and we look at them through an adult lens. We judge ourselves, we judge the books, we judge the world together. And I'm so happy this week, and I'm so happy Emily's here with me for this journey we're about to take. Ugh. We're about to read my favorite book from when I was a kid. Emily's had a really good face on for like the last 45 minutes and I'm really excited. Um, This week we are reading Gary Paulson's book The Island. If you're familiar with Gary Paulson you're probably familiar with his book Hatchet or um, any of the sort of Brian books like Brian's Winter and he basically wrote a series of books about this kid who was involved in a plane crash and then had to survive in the woods with a hatchet which we We'll 100% be doing on this podcast at some point just to make Emily sad. Because Emily makes me sad by making me read sad books all the time and telling me they're not sad books. So this is my equivalent, The Boy Lost in the Woods Survival Narrative. Oh, and you don't think this book is sad? (laughs) So this book is a little bit different. Um, This is one of his probably less known books, but I'm really happy to read it this week. I'm really, really thrilled. And I'm really happy that you're all with me. I can't stop making faces. I'm sorry. <laughs> they don't translate onto the audio medium. Please make your faces vocal. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so this book was published in 1988. Um, you know, it didn't win awards like his other books, but it won the award of My Heart. I went through a very strong Gary Paulson phase as a kid. I read Hatchet. I read all of its sequels. I really loved it. I read also other survival narratives like My Side of the Mountain, but I basically went and read a whole bunch of Gary Paulson books. This is one of the first ones I picked up after sort of all of the Hatchet books. It was published in 1988, and uh, I read it probably in like fourth or fifth grade. And it was something where I bought a copy, and this book is something that I reread about 8,000 times in elementary school and junior high. I brought this copy with me to college with me. I never read it in college, but I just like to have it on my, like, there. It was just comforting to me. (laughs) I don't know. I loved this book. It meant so much to me, and Emily hates it so much, and that validates me as a person. I'm trying so hard not to hate it, and I keep making faces every time you talk about it. I really love it. I can't. I can't wait for us to also do Hatchet. I was trying to smile, and it turned into a grimace. (laughs) So... You had not read this book. No, I'd never even heard of it, but I stayed away, as we were learning, from, like, nature and survival books. Like, they're not my jam. Yeah. So I'd heard of Gary Paulson. I never read any of his books. I didn't read this. I didn't even really hear of it. It wasn't on my radar. When you described it to me, I was like, let me guess. It's a boy surviving on an island. And, like, I was kind of right. It's not as much of a survivalist book as some of his other books are. This is why I had you read it is because I was like, you complain about all the boys having to survive by themselves in the woods. Here he is on an urban island. He's fine. Urban island. (laughs) Are you talking about the city of Manhattan? (laughs) (laughs) So to give you a summary of the book so you can join in all of our beautiful conversations that are about to ensue, um, I'm going to summarize the book. So if you want to read it beforehand, maybe pause now and come back to us. Otherwise, so this book is the story of Will Newton. He is the only child of his parents. Um, His dad tends to get wild ideas in his head. And so they've had times where they've almost moved to things like Alaska and they've almost um, started raising foxes. 
In this case, his dad comes home one day and says, hey, we're moving. He is worried it's another wild scheme, but in fact, he works for the highway department and got a new job up north. They live in Madison, Wisconsin, and they are moving to Pinewood, a very small area up north. His dad is like, oh, you guys can wait and hold off for a bit before you move. You could move on Monday or Tuesday. Will's mom is a very enduring woman. She sort of finds a way to make it all fine. Uh, so they move up north and they start to sort of adjust to the new town. Uh, they have some interesting experiences with the local handyman. And his mother is very stressed about the move. His dad is coming up with more wild ideas about starting a berry farm. Meanwhile, Will has just left all of his friends. He's left his home and he's just sort of trying to make the best of it. He decides to ride his bike around and he discovers this little minnow boat, this abandoned minnow boat that fishermen used to use. There's because there's a lake in town. And so he goes out on the lake and he finds this tiny kind of shrubby, know-nothing island in the middle of the lake. And he really likes this island. He finds it very calming. He finds something very soothing there. He also makes friends with this girl nearby named Susan, who works on a dairy farm. That's what her family owns. So she helps out with her family's business. And they become friends. They ride bikes around. He goes to meet her family and check out her farm and sort of see what dairy farm life is like. But he's really entranced by this island. He finds himself really curious by the loons out there and the water and just sort of the peace that he finds on the island. He starts writing about the loons and the frogs and the, his memories of his grandmother and the life around him. And Emily is laughing. We're doing great. Go on. <laughs> anyway, he also um, starts bringing paints out there and tries to his hand at watercolor. He really gets to a place where he wants to understand the island. He tries to meditate. He tries dance. He tries ways of understanding the natural world around him because he finds himself so fascinated and drawn in by the world of the island. So he ends up in a weird, very meditative state. Um, he decides he wants to just live out there for a while. Susan thinks that's really great. Um, she supports him and wants to just brings him food out there. He makes the bad life choice of having Susan tell his parents that he's now living on this island. His parents do not get it. They don't understand. They are convinced he is on drugs or has joined a cult and want to get him off the island. Um, they decide to send a therapist out there to try and talk him off of it. But before the therapist shows up, a reporter shows up and questions him about, hey, we heard about this kid on an island because it's a small town. Everyone knows everything. So he talks about the island. He talks about what he's doing out there. He shows her his drawings and his paintings and he thinks it's not going to be a thing, but she is fascinated. She's like, whatever you're doing out here, it's important. You're finding something about yourself. And she ends up writing an article about him that goes viral. Everyone hears about it. Suddenly there's reporters out there wanting to hear from him. He tells them what he can. He doesn't think they get it. He continues to live his island life. A local bully comes out there. He ends up beating the shit out of him in the water because of something he saw that a turtle do attacking a fish. It all makes sense in the context of the book, I swear. And then and eventually um, the therapist does come out and find out that in fact nothing's wrong. He's not on drugs. He's not being abused. He's not in a cult. The problem with this kid is nothing is wrong. He's just on an island trying to learn about himself. And so eventually... Um, his parents fire the therapist. His parents sort of spy on him on the island, just see what he's doing. And he realizes that he also wants to learn more about his family. He wants to write about his father. He wants to, He's spent so much time writing about the things on the island, and he really wants to write about everything and learn everything about everyone. So he eventually ends the book by asking his father to come out to the island with him. That's the book. It's a lovely meditative book about nature and self-discovery and self-joy. I love this book. Hi, Emily. No comment. 
so for me, this book, like my big fear going into it when I suggested it was I haven't actually read this book since high school. So I was like, it could be bad. Like, what will I do if it's bad? Because this book I'd read so many times. On the upside, it's not bad. It's definitely a different experience reading it as an adult. There's a lot of like very shitty Pops philosophy in it. You can understand why his parents thought he was in a cult. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of like very weird commentary on nature that when you're in fourth grade is endlessly fascinating. When you're an adult, you're like, ah, okay, sure. But it still delighted me and charmed me in the ways that it discussed nature and the world and just this like passion for knowledge. It was a little much, like it definitely was very, a little try hard at things. <laughs> but I love the fact that I see why fourth grade me fell in love with this book. I love the fact that I can see why fifth grade me was still in love with this book. I can see why junior high me still love this book. Like I can see the parts of myself that resonated with it and I can understand why I loved it. So even when parts I was like, okay, this is really, okay, fine. That's fine. I understood what it meant to me. And so I was still delighted by it in that way. Emily, what are your feelings? I tried so hard. I know You didn't try that hard. I did. I really did. And I thought maybe at first it would be like, I was like, oh, it's a little different. He's not like running away to live alone because that's my least favorite trope. <laughs> and like, I can't stand that. He just wanted to meditate on an like island and learn about the loons. Moving to an island at first. I want to point out, and I know this will seem nitpicky, but you say his name is Will. And I want to make everyone aware that it's Will spelled with one L. <laughs> yeah, that's a legit spelling. It drove me nuts for some reason. And I, you know, I'm not even sure I apologize to all the Wills out there who spell with all one with one L. It just feels like you're being difficult on purpose. It's Will like, Wheaton is hurting right now. I don't like Will Wheaton. Rude. I don't care. Fine. <laughs> like, I have no affiliation There's to him. There's many so. Wills with one L, and I respect and love maybe, all of them. In fact, maybe that's the reason I don't like Will with one L. It's because of him. I just... I This is not for me. And it's weird because it's like... And maybe this is the reason I didn't like it. Is because I do actually like nature, but in a different way than you. I feel like I grew up in a place that was a little more rural than you. I definitely have that thing where it's like, you know, like my house is filled with houseplants. I love just like every single day I try to eat outside in the sun and stuff. But I do not go on like three-day hikes through nature. I do not do that. And just like this book felt like a clumsy attempt at me to try and like explain why people like the outdoors where it was like I get it I also like being outdoors but it felt like he was trying to mansplain why nature was good to me the whole book no no I know no. I know I know you would hate that and I feel bad about it but that's we, you and I have been like mansplained to, to by so many people in our lives and like how dare you bring it to the one time when that's not happening to us yeah, that's what it felt like to me, though. Really? I just did not like it. The more he became like, oh, I'm a boy on an island learning things, like, the less I liked it. Like, that everyone else in the whole book was, like, so enthralled by this and either thought he was, like, crazy or thought he was, like, the wisest person ever or, like, oh, my gosh, I, too, have never thought of a hair in that way. I don't know. It just... Everyone's response to him was the thing as an adult I had not remembered as a kid and did have a problem with. The fact that everyone was so, like, in awe of him. So, cool fact, I listen to a lot of podcasts about cults. 
and like weird cult gurus. And I was like, oh no, this is definitely like some dialogue pulled out of various cult podcasts I yeah. listened to. It was really weird. And it was like, what? He's just trying to be like alone on an island. Like, yeah, when the reporter was crazy. like, what you're like, doing is so important. I'm like, is it reporter? Right. And there was also, like, I didn't like the way that Susan was used. She was just so, like, worshipped the ground he walked on, kind of, in a weird way. Just, Mm. I hated it. I don't know. I didn't like that she was always bringing him stuff. Even though after the first time, he was like, you don't have to. But she still did. I don't know. And even though... I think it's nice to help your new weird friends that live on islands. And she kept... That you also have a weird, like crush on and ends up with a weird sexual conversation I did not realize about as a kid. Yeah, and they're also like, oh, they like each other because they just get along, but it didn't translate. Like, I couldn't see that because it was like, they just sat in silence for four hours and it was great. But like, how many people do you have in your life you can sit in silence for four hours with? Yeah, but that's not really the point. The point is that for a book, I thought this isn't really selling me on either one of you. Just telling me that you guys sat in silence. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, I didn't that like so nice. Will. I didn't like their relationship. Even though I don't like the ones where they're magically good at surviving in nature and they know all the plants to eat and how to hunt, I also didn't like this one. It was kind of like Walden-esque where he was like on an island, but the only way he survived was because Susan brought him food. Like, yeah, that's real. But it was also Emily, like, you can't have dumb. it both ways. But it was also dumb. Like, I was like, but you're not really surviving in nature and also i had a chip on my shoulder about the fact that he there's like a quote about it somewhere that it highlighted but like he didn't really like a lot of food like he's always eating these shitty canned things and he's like food was just fuel and for some reason that also annoyed me and it was possibly because he was so like everything about the frog is important and like these farmers are so important that i've never realized it but then he also can't distinguish between like good food that's like cooked with care and thought and like something that you eat out of can like he was just like all food is fuel as a person that fucking hates food will is the most relatable character to me See, i'm like yeah food's fucking sucks thank you will oh god see i just hated it i was just like i don't like you uh his obsession with farmers in the beginning too is weird when he's always talking about their strong men hands i didn't like it and i was like what I've talked about a few strong man hands in my day. Yeah, but the way he was, like, obsessing about these farmers that he didn't know, it was just, like, eavesdropping on once and being, like, it's because of their strong hands. And he, like, even goes on this whole rant about how a teacher had once told him, we need six inches of topsoil and rain, and that's what it takes. But being, like, but how would we do it without all these strong man hands? And it's, like, what? It just, like, really (laughs) grossed me out. I was, like, I don't like this. As someone who's from a family of people who farmed, our farm isn't a working farm anymore because everyone who wanted to do it was kind of aged out. But it was like, this isn't A, just the men. So, like, that really fucking annoyed me. As someone from a city environment, I relate to Will going to a rural environment and not knowing what the fuck's going on and having, like, weird... Weird relationships with that. Which is fine, and that would be one thing, but the thing is, like, he doesn't really learn. Like, he, like, just, he praises these men that he doesn't learn what they do exactly. He doesn't learn who they are. He doesn't learn anything about their farms. He just overhears them once at a coffee shop and goes on about their strong hands and how they're basically, like, 
salt of the earth and we couldn't survive without them but it's like but they didn't learn anything about what they do like these men could all be dicks who like don't know how to farm at all you don't sit in coffee shops to listen to people very often do you no i do that's how i know they could be dicks yes but like especially in a small town like that you're allowed to romanticize and like imagine futures for people that you hear moments of But if you're trying to convince me of it through a book it's like i don't know i didn't like it i didn't like it I found it charming and soothing as, like, a weird hippie child experimenting in paganism who enjoyed, who had very fast-moving mind, who had very difficulty being calm. It got me to go out in nature and sit more, and it was lovely. This felt like And I blame it on part of the reason that I became a backpacker as an adult. It was like if you mashed up Catcher in the Rye with Walden. Oh, 100%, yes. (laughs) Okay, so the problem is that you see that as a great thing, whereas I'm like, that's my nightmare. Yes. (laughs) Like, it's all just him telling you, like, the things he's discovered from nature oh, it's pretentious but, but it's... i don't see that as a bad thing in a way like i feel like there's a point in every person's life where they need to read a certain kind of pretentious literature and for me it was fourth grade and it was this book and i love it Ugh. Yeah, like i'm looking through my notes and it's kind of embarrassing how many of them <laughs> just say ugh afterwards <laughs> susan is always telling him how much he's changed and i keep just being like has he you literally have talked to him once, and then he found the island, and suddenly she's like, you've changed so much. Now you're this perfect man, and I shall bring you food and art supplies. Also, can you talk about the fact that he, like, paints once and is, like, really good at it? Yeah, that was actually the part that I was like, wait a minute. That was the one thing where I was like, this doesn't check out. Right? He was like, all you need Except to- we don't know that he's good at it. Well, they show you, like, illustrations in the book. I but- never trust the book illustrations. I also thought that well, was part of the fascinating part to me was so often when you're doing something as a kid, you think you're good at it and you're not. Absolutely seeing through this through the lens of he thinks he's good at these things and he is not, but it's not about external judgment. It's about what he's getting from it. He's trying to capture something with his painting in order to create a sense memory for him so that he can recall the way the anthill looks under the sun and the way the anthill looks in the rain and the way his grandmother's hair falls when she pushes it back. He's trying to create very specific sense memories. And so for him, painting is not about external judgment like you being a judgy, judgy art critic. Well, it Susan was, likes them. Yeah. She's just saying that because he's a weird boy on an island she thinks is cute. Don't tell me you never told some boy in high school that his shitty art was great. That, like, shitty alien drawing on his notebook was so good. You should go to art school. I don't think I've ever said anything even close to that. No. Oh, I forgot you're rural from a farm, as you told me earlier. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, not an experience I remember having, no. Sometimes when you're in high school, you lie. So I like to think of it as he, like, he's trying to achieve a very specific thing, but it's not to be good. It's to create a representation that makes sense to him. And I think that's more what we should look at is what do we, what does the things that we create mean to us? How does it recall our own sense memory? Why are we so dependent on everyone's external validation? I feel like you're putting way too much thought into this book that the author did not put into it. I'm just saying. That's my thoughts. How dare you? I don't know. I just feel like he was so just like, oh, Sally, or Sally, Susan, will you go, like, when he made her go tell his parents he wasn't coming back. That was something I had a problem with. I was like, oh, no, don't do that. I was like, dude, why are you, you're being so shitty to her, and she's just, like, taking it. And I was like, how am I supposed to support this relationship when all it is is her giving? Like, her being like, wow, you've changed. Hey, I'll bring you food. And even when she, like, was slightly indignant, being like, you want me to tell your parents for you? 
And he literally, I think the quote is like, he just like stared at her, just like without saying anything. And she was just like, okay. I will. Oh, yeah. There's a like, reason this was way, ugh. way too much like a bunch of the cult pet podcasts I listened to was there's very much him as this weird island guru that everyone does things for and feels that they're serving a higher purpose by doing so. That was very unsettling. So I do, in fact, want a sequel where he's like a, a like a dark cult leader. Yeah, it was also weird that it was like, I don't know, because I grew up in a pretty rural place that was like pretty religious-y. They kept being like, oh, he meditates and stuff, so that means you're in a cult. And, like, saying that was the part that everyone would think is weird. This is the 80s but, and just post, like, satanic panic. But I grew up in a place in a very 80s and 90s, like, a rural town that was... And, like, meditation is something that was, like, we were taught in, in grade school. Like, in, like, 1991. We like, were not. And I'm from a hippie town. because it was something that was seen as, like, that's what, like, monks and nuns do and stuff. Like, it wasn't so, like, I don't know. It was just weird. It also kind of, like, rubbed me the wrong way that he had seen a five-minute segment on Tai Chi one time. Which, they can't even properly, in the book, he's, like, it was called, like, Tuan something. Like, they don't even properly name it. Also, Tai Chi but is they, hard. Right, and they describe it, and he's, like, and I just did it. and I And I was, like, you're... You're not paying respect to this tradition. That's, like, a thing that you have to do in a correct way. You're saying you're doing it. You don't even remember the name. My problem with Tai Chi, because I took Tai Chi in college, because that was a thing I could take in college, was I was really bad at remembering the order of everything. Like, I remembered all the, the segments of moves, but I could never remember the order. I did Tai Chi in high school because you could do it instead of... I refuse to believe now, like, okay, you keep giving me these very contrasting views of like, oh yeah, we did Tai Chi in high school. Oh yeah, I'm from a rural area. I refuse to believe these are the same place. The gym teacher was like, well, you can either play volleyball or you can go watch this Tai Chi video. Oh, 100% watch the Tai Chi video. I am. I don't want to play volleyball. It was just me and my one friend. Everyone else (laughs) wanted to play volleyball and we were like, you guys know you can go over there and watch a video and do Tai Chi? (laughs) What's wrong with you? I mean, but there is, I think, this arrogance of youth in it is this belief in possibility and the ability to do everything that gets crushed out of you as an adult that I think we see reflected in him. It was I'm way... gonna like fucking ride no, this hill forever. Fine, I just I hated it. I was like, it was way too much arrogance. They start every chapter with the like uh what are they called? There's a specific name for like when there's a little quote yeah. before a chapter. I don't remember the name. That kinda like sets the tone. Mm-hmm. And each quote is a quote from him. Yeah. Like, it literally is, like, a paragraph, and then it's, like, attributed to him. Like, Will, whatever. And I was like, are you kidding me? This book is a book from his perspective, and it specifically features him talking about his own writing. So, yes, it does feature quotes from him to help set up his viewpoint in the chapter. I have no words for that. I was like, it makes me want to barf. (laughs) Like, I hate this. Those are words. Those are words that you put together. I'm try- I tried so hard not to be negative on this. I was like, I know she picked it because it's a nature story and I hate nature stories, which is weird because it's not like I hate nature outdoors. I like just being outdoors. I like trees. I like gardens and plants and some animals. <laughs> I like backpacking. I'm planning a backpacking trip for next year. I'm not into backpacking. That's not I hope that Will thing. enjoyed when he went to college, probably hiking the Appalachian Trail and then probably doing the PCT after probably he graduated. Probably not, because that's too hard and you wouldn't have someone to bring him food and... There's a lot of towns you stop in along the way. Mm. 
It's just so lazy and half at. Like, he never even has, like, shelter. He just lives under his fucking boat that he turned upside down. Maybe like, he runs a retreat center as an adult. Gross. That'd be nice. Ugh. I love retreat centers. Jesus. And they, like, paint psychiatrists as, like, all, like, crackpots and stuff. I did and, like, feel like I need to apologize to my former therapist after that chapter. I'm like, oh, no. This is not... Again, the 80s were a complicated time to discuss, like, mental health. Yeah, it was like, his parents think he's crazy because he, like, meditates and stuff. Although I did have a shitty therapist, too, in college, so maybe I'll just I visualize mean, that therapist that in this place. shitty therapists can exist, but it was always treated as, oh, this is, like, a joke because his parents don't get it, and mm-hmm. then they send out a doc, he doesn't get it, he's just in it for, I don't even know what, to get weird diagnosis or something? Like, yeah, the reporter actually made more sense in the role of the therapist because the reporter actually listened. <laughs> Yeah, it was just weird. I also think that his parents, they had a, like, his parents were also kind of painted as, like, buffoons. Basically, any adult that they didn't want to agree with, they painted as this, like, bumbling idiot to, like, kind of make it seem like, well, Will is super logical and you can't argue with that. He just leaves and doesn't tell his parents and is like, nah, I'm just gonna live out here. And then he won't even set a timeline. He keeps being like, until I'm done. There are many other ways you could have approached this, but his parents could have had a good point in being like, okay, well, if you want to live on this island, we're going to go and we're going to get you a tent and some actual food. You can stay out here for up to a month if you want. But instead, he's just like literally sleeping on the ground under a boat with no food or no thoughts of how to get it except for his like pseudo girlfriend who sometimes brings him stuff. And he's acting like his parents are the crazy ones where he's like, I live here. I eat the food here. His parents, I don't necessarily see them as buffoons so much as uninvested in him in a lot of ways. Right. Oh, also in that same argument where they're talking about him coming home. Again, they keep arguing it in a weird way where they think they're scared about the meditation where it's like, well, what you should be scared about is a minor just like sleeping outdoors alone. Where like, it was right after he had a fight with that teenager yeah and so he's like all like his face has like cuts and stuff on it and he like lies and tells them that he tripped and fell on some rocks and cut his head open but that's even worse because then they could be like oh so you're out here and you could get injured and there's no one to help and that's totally cool ah it's so frustrating (laughs) you're fine with a giant peach (laughs) yeah that's clearly fantasy (laughs) Why can't you see this as an urban fantasy, an urban rural fantasy? Because it's so annoying. I hate him. I hate Will. He's so like, I'm right. No one else gets it. I'm the one who knows that when you look at these things, this is what you should be thinking. Wow, our place in the world. No one else gets it. All these other people are too stuck up and worrying about things like money and where to live. But look at me. I live under a boat and I'm fine. I'm 15. Oh, going I hate him. on a nice journey of self-discovery. I'm sorry that you don't believe in self-discovery. There's a one time where he has this issue, or I have an issue with him, where he talks about how he didn't learn anything from biology, and he's like talking about how it's like that's how you learn is you want to like cut them up and flip them on a table and see what's inside. That's not how you learn about something. It's like you're talking about two different things. You cannot diss biology. Yes, that is how we learned a lot of biology facts about people. I would argue that he does make a good point in the fact that often how we present um, a lot of the dissection-based learning in schools 
is often divorced from context a lot of ways. One reason I hated the whole dissection section was you were just handed this frog, you were told to identify a bunch of stuff, but like we never followed up with context on it. It was sort of this thing that happened that you had to get through that was never really folded into the curriculum in a satisfying way to but, give you a holistic concept of what the fuck you were doing. that's not his point. His point isn't that his biology class sucked. His point is, is like, oh, to learn about the frog, you must be the frog and go through a day in the life of the frog and figure out what the frog is doing. And I mean, yeah, like, his point was that he was... That's a different thing. Like, that's oh, learning about thing. the frog life versus, like, learning, like, literal biology and anatomy of humans and frogs and how they differ and how bodies work. Yes, but I would argue if you're learning about a frog and you were a 15-year-old boy, spending a day watching what a frog does probably teaches you more about a frog than having someone throw their pancreas at you. And yes, I had a pancreas thrown at it me, and teaches, yes, I'm still angry. It teaches you a different thing, and his thing wasn't that his biology class sucked his point seemed to be that biology itself is pointless i disagree i think his problem was that he was given a lot of things in his life in terms of education that he was never given context for and he was trying to find a way to understand a more holistic view of the world when having given so many chunks of things and pieces Nah, that is not how I read that. He literally says, the quote is like, say you wanted to know another person, would you dip him in alcohol, kill him, flip him up on a table, push his guts around with a stick to know him? And it's like, to me, that says you would if what you wanted to know about another person was how a human body works. But that tells you how a human body works. It doesn't tell you how your heart works, But that's Emily. my whole point, is that they're two different things. They are two different things, but he's also 15. Oh my god, I hated this book so much. <laughs> You make me read about sad girls whose whole families have died Whoa. and she, they're fine with it. And I get to have this. This you... is a thing I get to have that makes me happy. I just, I don't know how is the thing. Like everything he said, I was just like rolling my eyes the whole time. But you're fine with books where entire families die. I'm like, yeah, that's sad. I'm fine. And that you're just like, oh, that's cool. That's normal. Yeah, it's sad. Boy, but like... not understanding the difference between biology and like field research on frogs is like deeply horrifying to you. I could deal with pretentious men any day in real life. I don't need that in a book. <laughs> that is how I see him. The only women in this book, he either, like, I don't know. It's just so weird. His treatment of women in here. And like I said, I have problems with him leaning on He Susan. treats everyone terribly, to be fair. <sighs> but I don't love it. Like, that's it. It's maybe these girls have sad lives, but at least, like, I like them as people. All the men are also terrible in this book, other than Will. So... Yeah. I also just think trying to be the most positive I can about this. Any other problems aside, this is not for me. If I want to enjoy nature, like, yeah, maybe I would have a nice time just, like, sitting silently on this island and enjoying things my way, but I don't need to hear him describe it. His descriptions don't really do anything for me. Perhaps I would have fun just sitting there watching a frog or a heron or whatever. I don't know. It's very fun. But... Reading about it, to me, is not exciting. I once sat on a rock for six hours watching a deer. You're, it's so much inside his person. Okay, I'm not doing that. <laughs> okay. We are very different there. But I like being outdoors, but, like, reading about what you like about outdoors, haven't we all had a moment where it's, like, no matter who you are, where you've, like, been outside and you've seen the sun and it's been so nice when it hits you, but, like, having someone try to sum it up in, like, two pages... No, I get it. But I it's this too whole enjoy book. this it's moment. It's about trying to explain the joy of it through an entire book, and it's hard and it's difficult because there's no way to explain the joy of the outdoors. But this book right? wants it so bad, Which and is... I love that it wants it so bad. To me, it's like, yeah, it wants to do that, but it can't. 
and I don't want to read that. <laughs> don't listen Ugh. to her books. You're a good book. Ugh. You're a friendly book. Ugh, ugh, ugh. That is literally a note I wrote. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I just, like, try. I really did try. I tried so hard to like this book. You just hate everything I enjoy and then give me more sad books full of dead sad people. Well, at least they don't have to sit out in uh, nature and tell you about Yeah, how they much all get they... murdered and are happy about it because that's more realistic. They're not happy about it. Mm, they they're not sad. sad. They just like to make out with trees. Okay, there's like a character in it who spits on things all the time, which is like... Emil Oct. Yeah, it's like real weird and rude. But he's, like, the handyman in the town, and so he comes over a couple times to fix things, and every time he just, like, spits everywhere in their house, which is, like, crazy, but whatever. And his mom is always really upset about it, and she says every time, like, I can't boil the walls, I can't boil everything. Has she try. not heard of bleach? <laughs> like, why is she trying to boil everything? It's still deeply stressful. Yeah, but, like, put some fucking cleaner on it. You just moved in. It's difficult to have all the cleaning supplies you need when you've just moved in. Yeah, that moving timeline was also bullshit. I was like, what? Well, they already have the house. It's the highwayman's house. Yeah, but he was like, literally mentioned nothing about it. And then he was like, I have to move there on Saturday. And it was like, what? It was the 80s. Mm. At one point when his dad, like, first off, the scheme about foxes, I was like, I am struggling to come up with any way in which this would have been a scheme that made money. Oh, no, because there's, okay. Oh, God, I am not getting into the history of domesticated foxes and, like, fur farming on this podcast. Uh, I can send you some great articles on it. It's kind of gruesome, so I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to know. <laughs> it is a thing. I will tell you that. He goes into the, like, berry farm scheme, though. And they, they were talking about if it would be a farm or a ranch. And it was like, farm. Out west, it would be a berry ranch or berry spread. But up north, it's a berry farm. And I was like, Knott's Berry Farm begs to differ. <laughs> I feel like a ranch is a totally different thing. I don't think anyone would try to use ranch. I have no idea. I am not experienced enough in the berry industry to have any sort of knowledge on how you properly refer to a berry well, picking enterprise. I just feel like anytime you have like a lot of things growing, it's either like a farm or an or orchard or something. I feel like ranches tend to go towards like cattle. I don't know. I don't think I've ever heard ranch, the connotation not... Not having to do with some sort of animal. It was before Google. It was hard to get fact-checking on these things. You're writing a book! <laughs> you fact-check! You're an author! You look this up! He wrote a lot of books. Yeah, you should fact-check all of them! I'm Googling Berry Ranch, Berry Spread, and Berry Farm right now. Man, I'm trying to find things about this book that aren't just me complaining. There is a place called the Berry Ranch. The last note I took in this book just says... Oh my god! And then they stopped taking notes. I'm finding multiple places called berry ranches, including in the West. Oh no, and it's getting me sad about one of my favorite berries. Oh no, I'm reading a sad berry article about you berry blight. Stop doing that. <laughs> but it's on a ranch. Oh, and they also had a berry farm. I'm very confused by this now. Oh no, berry blight. Berry blight's really sad. Is it where berries die? Yes. Yeah, that sounds about right. No, one of my favorite berries. God, anytime you're reading a berry article and there's a subtitle called The Beginning of the End, you're like, this won't end well for these berries. Okay, according to Google, the definition of ranch is a lar large farm where cattle or other animals are bred and raised. Or a term short for ranch dressing. <laughs> <laughs> I will say there is a place called the Berry Ranch. 
I'm just saying, maybe they're where last... you can pick your own berries. I was gonna say maybe their last name is Barry. Well, they're not using that very because <laughs> according to Google, it's free range the berries. They're wild, wild berries. I mean, there's wild berries everywhere. There's wild berries in the park behind my house. Everyone always goes there and picks them, and I'm like, you do not know what has been done to those berries. That's true. I know you can wash them, but like you can't wash them that well. I don't know. I just don't trust wild berries. I will read the last paragraph of the book. And it came to him as he was rowing to the island, his father sitting on the bow, looking across the water, red face swollen and red-eyed from what was between them. It came to Will then, on the lake, as he rowed towards the island, how this would turn out, how this would end. It was a high thought, a high and clean and keening thought, as clear as the song the loon made in the slash of moonlight that night on the lake. It would end only when they found a bigger island. Emily... It would end only when they found Just a bigger island. Just imagining a shark jumping out of the water and eating them both. <laughs> I'm sorry. Someday, I'm going to find something you love, and I'm going to set it on fire. I'm sorry. I really did try so hard. I feel really guilty for not liking this book. Good. I did not only not like it, I, like, actively disliked it. Here are my two closest things to the quotes that I liked. <laughs> <laughs> One was, he said, I arrived home just at evening, or Will arrived home just at evening as the bugs started to come out. And I just like that description because, first off, if it was trying to be more romantic, it could have been more descriptive. Like, maybe, like, lightning bugs or, like, even, like, as the cicadas started to sing or the crickets or anything. But so he just said, as the bugs started to come out. I mean, I know what he means. I've been in the Midwest in the summer, but it's funny and it's not romantic at all. And then the second part I liked was that one of the first times he meets Susan, she wears a t-shirt that says... And beneath that, in large block letters, it said, Wisconsin, home of punk polka. And I was like, yeah, that shirt's dope. Does seem up your alley. I'd also like to say, like I said, I grew up around farms and stuff. The whole description of how, like, milking machines and stuff, I was like, yeah, I know. Who hasn't seen a fucking dairy farm? I mean, I guess if you haven't, like, that part might be more interesting. Yeah, I've never seen a dairy farm. Eh, overrated. <laughs> I'm from an area with a lot of, like, horses and horse ranches, but not, like, dairy farms. Yeah, I know. I actually think we've had a long conversation before about how to milk a cow. Yeah. I'm good not having this conversation again. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But, and I mean, maybe that's why I didn't like the romanticizing of farmers, even though my family is farmers, because it's, it was just weird. I was like, it's not how it is. Like... I'm going to read a quote you're going to hate. So it's not about the bugs coming out? Or... Nope. <laughs> but what bugs? I know nothing of that, Will thought. I didn't know that herons ate frogs or that they hunted that way. I didn't know or think of what it was like to live as a frog or a heron, to live and die in a small bay, or how a heron thinks, or a loon thinks, or if a frog thinks at all. I do not know anything, really, of what I have just seen. Nothing. There came over him then an intense empty feeling, a feeling that he would come to think of later many times as a great thirst or hunger, a great roaring thirst to know more of things, to know of more of anything. It started then, or it started with the loons, except that he hadn't understood it or recognized it. But it grew out of him so rapidly that he decided then, while he watched the heron with the loons swimming out in the bay, he decided then to know as much as he could, and decided to fill all of the parts of his mind with knowledge. He would start with the heron. I really like herons, and I really like sitting and watching herons, and I am pleased that someone else describes the visceral feeling of joy you get watching a heron, when all you want to know is everything a heron does. It makes me happy. Every time I see a heron, I just think, Hey, big bird! <laughs> So we do not have the same thing when we see... Loons are kind of cool. 
I love I great like blue herons. I like when you see loons on the lake and you are bored, so you play a game called Where Will They Pop Up? Let's just say the people who grew up in other rural areas are into these kind of books or not. Because maybe to me, part of it is just that, aside from the fact that I find a lot of his enlightenment kind of pretentious. Oh, completely. But it's also the fact that it's like, I'm not enthralled by what I see as like a city boy being like, wow, I've never considered the circle of life before. Or like, I didn't know that these type of birds even existed. When it's like, to me, it was like, yeah, I mean, we grew up with herons. They're cool enough. But, like, it's about how so often you never really sit and think about it. Like, you never have time in your life because you're so busy with your friends and your school and your living and your day-to-day life and your parents and moving that you never sit and think, what does a heron do all day? Like, what does that actually look like? If I go and sit and spend my whole day with a heron, what does my day look like? I don't know. Again, I feel like part of that is, like, hold as much appeal when it's like, I know what a heron does all day. Do you? hunt for food. Is that what a heron does all day? Close enough. I don't need to know anymore. It's like that. Where it's like, I see animals all the time. I see them around. I see they're living their life when I grew up, you know? I was out on the farm. I'm not amazed by the milky machines. I'm just like, yeah, this is how a dairy farm runs. You're never just, like, re-fascinated by, like, the sheer way that things work in our modern world and, like, the things that you see around you? you do you have I no mean, sense of awe in your heart? I do, but just, like, those kind of things... To me, reading that, and, like, who knows if I had read this as a kid, but I can't think it would strike me harder. You know, as a kid, we, like, we've literally had herons in our backyard where we had, like, a creek and a pond. You know, we had ducks there. We had mallards and fish and snapping turtles. And, like, we would watch them over breakfast, and it's like, yeah, it's amusing. We would watch them. It wasn't this awe-inspiring, like, wow, I've never thought of it, because I grew up that being part of my daily life. I mean, I've been around cats for 30 years. I still have days where I am absolutely fascinated by cats. And I'm just like, I can't believe your spine works that way. I can't believe you can make this jump. I want to see what you do all day. Because I am fascinated by them still on a visceral level. I still feel awe at like the mechanics that make a cat a cat. I don't think there's anything wrong with the fact that if you still find awe and joy in a world, that, like, somehow it means you haven't experienced something. Well, I resent the fact that you're saying I don't find awe and joy in the world. You just said, oh, they're herons. They're just out there in the yard. No one cares about herons. That wasn't... You just said you don't experience joy and awe. No, I said I don't (laughs) experience joy and awe in that. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know. It was just like, okay, it's someone experiencing him for the first time and good for him. But, like, I can't relate to that. Because there are things to me that are awe-inspiring about nature, and those aren't them. I don't know how else to put it, where it was like, those specific things that he was pointing out and being like, if you don't think this is awe-inspiring, you probably just don't get it. We're kind of like, well... I don't think he was saying that. That's how it felt, though, when I read it. Like, it wasn't pointing out awe or joy in things that I was like, wow, you're right, I get it. And that's maybe why it connected with you, because to you it was. But to me, it just feels like you're ascribing him as shaming on others through this, and I don't necessarily take it as him shaming everyone else all the time. Like, his parents, yes, but it's mostly his his parents' relationship is more complicated. How they interact is, I think, a bit more complex in that conversation. I don't know. That's just the way it felt to me when I read it. Ratings? Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) I give this book a 9. Actually, no, 8.5. Because there was, it was a little more culty than I remembered. <laughs> yeah, when I was first reading, I was like, maybe I'll give it, like, a two or three. Because, like, I didn't like it, but I was like, I don't know, like, Kelly likes it. He's not as bad as some other ones. 
But after talking it out and realizing how much he annoyed me and how much the author talking through him annoyed me with this and feeling like I did feel like he was being like pretentious and maybe that wasn't his point and you didn't feel it obviously but like oh it was pretentious but it was in an understandable way of pretension no it also kind of like feeling like it was saying like and if you don't get it you're on the outskirts and you just don't get this because you're not a nature person maybe be like no i actively dislike this book you are getting a one (laughs) fair enough well thank you everyone for joining us in this contentious beautiful island tropical journey that we took you on (laughs) tropical it took (laughs) place in wisconsin (laughs) this scrappy island northern america scrappy tiny weird crater lake island uh journey we have gone on today if you want to email us, you can reach us at throwbackbookstack at gmail.com. If you would like to come on the Twitter and tell me that you too have been to an island and have seen an island or know what an island is. I've never seen an island in my life. Uh, and I refuse to. <laughs> I like islands. <laughs> I'm planning a hiking trip across an island. You can reach us on the Twitter. And by us, I mean me because I am the one that does the Twitter um, at throwbackbspod. I don't do anything with birds. So Twitter is right out. Tweet. You love birds. That's literally the biggest lie you've ever said. You're the weird bird person. No, I'm not. Stop spreading that rumor. You've literally told me about your family's bird things. No, I've told you about how people think my family has weird bird things. Do you want me to get out the audio evidence? I have several past editions. Some of it I had to cut out because it got too weird about birds. You know, I do love how you have blackmail people, but no, not right now. (laughs) I have a separate file. Our music this week is Heartbreaker by Jazar at betterwithmusic.com. Uh, if you like us, then you should go on iTunes and leave a nice review that you think we're adorable and you like us. Otherwise, if you don't like us, please don't spend 45 minutes of your life listening to us. There are better podcasts. There are many podcasts. I can give you podcast recommendations at throwbackbookstack at gmail.com. <laughs> I listen to 120 podcasts. I can help you. Um, other than that, our next book is Anne of Green Gables. The Green Gables? And of Green Gables. And of Green Gables. Titles are hard. Other than that, everyone, go find a bigger island. <sighs> you don't want to do a song for this one, do you? <laughs> My song is too sad for this one. My song is just a bunch of thumbs down, an interpretive dance of me being like, bleh.